This episode of Bright Hearth is brought to you by Garlands of Grace and our supporters at Patreon.com. I came to my garden, my sister, my bride. I gathered my myrrh with my spice. I ate my honeycomb with my honey. I drank my wine with my milk. Eat, friends, drink, and be drunk with love. Song of Solomon 5.1 Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bright Hearth. Here's the thing. We're living dangerously right now, I don't aren't we, like babe? it. We're living dangerously. <laughs> I left my headphones oh. at work, which is usually how we monitor whether or not we're recording properly. And you so, can hear us at all. If you actually get this episode, friends, then this gamble paid off. If no one ever hears this, it's kind of a Sad paradox, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, it is good to be back here with uh, with you guys. H- how are you doing today, babe? Good. <laughs> you look beautiful. You look angelic, even though you put out the red light. Thank you. Every time Lexi puts out her <laughs> red heat lamp thing, I sing Roxanne. Yeah. The kids do it too now, so it's a family tradition. <laughs> they have no idea what it means. <laughs> Lexi, you don't have to put out the okay. red. <laughs> okay. Well, for the three of you who are still with us for this episode of Bright Hearth, uh, and, and if you you're the lucky ones, given the topic, <laughs> <laughs> you're the OGs. Um, last last week, towards the end of the episode, we were talking about warmth uh, in the importance of expressing warmth as uh, a lady, as especially a wife and a mother. In the home. And towards the end, Lexi brought up that this actually has quite a bit of application to the sexual relationship of the husband. That was really weird. It's like I forgot how to talk (laughs) about it for a second there. And so we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be talking about the sexually warm wife. Is this one to not let kids listen to? Yeah, I was going to say it's okay. We're going to be like, we're not going wild or anything in these kind of episodes, but. Yeah, we'll be talking about sex, marriage, bed, sexuality in this episode. So. You know, use your discretion. We will be appropriate, but just use your discretion, parents. And so, Lexi, why don't we start off with just this question of what is sexual frigidity? Because (laughs) when we talk about the sexually warm wife, what does the opposite look like? Because this is a phrase people use, like, oh, she's she's cold or she's frigid. What does that mean? I can't really think of a very specific example from scripture of like a person, but I can think of like wives that are just cutting their husbands. Obviously, like closing the door of invitation when you're criticizing, like your mode. What do you always say? Mode operandum. Modus operandi. There you go. There. Nice. Not even close. Yeah, just being really critical and biting and trying to keep all possible avenues shut, <laughs> I yeah. guess. Yeah. Is how I'd picture that person. Yeah. One of the things we talked about in the, in the last episode was the task oriented kind of. Yeah, that's um, one too. Like one of the reasons that a woman might actually be cold and not warm towards, not just in a, in a sexual way, but just in general in her home is when the tasks pile up so much when you genuinely have a lot of work to do. And there is like a big to-do list and you've got dinners to make and lunches to make and kids to clothe and laundry to do and things like that. And then like you're racing, 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 racing. And then like, I think this happens a lot is you get to the end of the day and finally mom and dad get some alone time and then there's not much left in the tank. Mm -hmm. And the husband gives her the, the eyes of love or, you know, whatever signal he's sending. And she's like maybe tempted to go, 
Yeah. Or I guess like with the example I was using, I guess that person could be, you know, maybe if their husband's trying to help them is making some very obvious comments as to where the evening is going. They might be the type of person that's being really critical about like, don't you know how much lack of sleep I got last night yeah, or, like, you know, discouraging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Discouraging. And that's what I meant by like making sure every single road is blocked and there's yeah. no going down that yeah. path. She's like doing all she can to discourage. Maybe she's so, not yeah. like saying absolutely not, but she's like, Oh really? I well, think you know, too, I which day. we talked about this briefly yesterday, but I can th- think of one there. There are the women too that are discouraging with their physicality. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, like, um, you know, someone who's getting a little bit older, maybe her kids are teenagers or whatever, and she just hasn't, because she hasn't cultivated this warmth, it's like, and I'm just going to say it, like, you see this in a lot of boomers, it's like, are you a lady or a man? Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> you mean in terms like, of physical appearance. butch cut. Yeah. I basically wear my husband's clothes. Yeah. So it's not attempting to be feminine. Yes, it's the lack. And so I, th- I think that's speaking something too about the marriage bed. Yeah, absolutely. Like warmth for sure, the invitation and the like the readiness and an eagerness to be uh, sexually warm towards your husband includes more than just the actual physical acts, obviously. Yeah. It yeah, includes. Yeah. Holistic communication. How am I dressing? Yeah. How am I presenting myself? What's my attitude like? Am I making eye contact with him? Am I, I, I think a wife gets to know like uh, how to discourage her husband. Yeah, that's true too. And she gets to know like, well, if I do that, it kind of shuts the door. If I make a snide comment, if I like, I know all the turnoffs. If I give him like mm-hmm. uh, some discouragement, then he's like all of a sudden going, well, psh, I'm not even interested in that anymore. And the opposite. So th- that would be sexually frigid, sexually frigid wife who's saying basically with everything she can, she has resting mean person face <laughs> <laughs> is how I've heard heard it described. I think that's the phrase resting mean yeah. person face. Yep. That's it. <laughs> uh, where she's, she's basically just like going to be cold, discouraging rather than open and eager. And so one of the verses actually that we talk about quite a bit that I think is extremely is extraordinarily applicable to the marriage bed and to sex. We've referenced it before, and it's the verse in Hebrews where we're commit. Or it's in Hebrews, no Romans, Romans twelve. Honor, yeah, to outdo okay. one another yeah. in showing honor. I think it's Romans twelve ten. I don't know why I said Hebrews. Uh, <laughs> you did this l- when you recorded with Ben and every Eric. <laughs> time, every time, I think that that verse is in Hebrews, and then my mind's like, nope, we've been down that pathway before. Mm-hmm. Paul says to outdo one another in showing honor. Romans and- twelve. 10. Boom. Second chance, Brian nailed it. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. But that verse, I think, is extraordinarily applicable to the marriage bed because what it's telling you is to think of how would my spouse experience honor? What would make them feel like I hold them in esteem? What would make them think that I take special interest and care in their livelihood and their well-being. And for most men, one of the biggest things that, you know, gives him that sensation from his wife is if she's sexually interested in him, if she's warm towards him, responsive towards him, if she's inviting towards him. And so when we talk about sexual frigidity, what we're talking about is like an iceberg that would need to be thawed before you could even get to the woman underneath. Like, (laughs) that's the picture. And I think that ladies, you can do a self-assessment and you probably have a good idea of if this is a struggle for you. Mm-hmm. If you often feel like you're discouraging your husband or warding him off or making excuses or even just... I think another thing that can happen is feeling like um, you're not actually attracted to your spouse. You don't enjoy their company. It's more of a contract. 
Yeah, contractual obligation. Yes, more of contractual type. He does this during the day, I do this during the day, and then we go to bed and that's it. That's You could do that with anybody. So why'd you pick this person to be married to? Like It really does take work to be to keep enjoying one another. Yeah, there's a continual maintenance and a continual effort that has to be put into maintaining the friendship, yeah. maintaining the interest in one another, because the fizz isn't what builds the long-term covenantal relationship. The no. fizz of the first time when you hold hands or the first time when you, you're you first falling in love and then you know the, the expectation of marriage and the early days and the honeymoon. And, and those are all wonderful gifts. Those are good things that we don't want to downplay. But the long-term covenant faithfulness is built on outdoing one another and showing honor, taking interest in this other person as a friend and as a lover and as the person who is my person, the wife, I think, often knows how she's doing more or less in this. But one one piece of homework that I would want to give to any wife who is listening to this would be ask your husband. Yeah. Just ask him, how are you doing? Say like, you know, hey, listen to this podcast. They told me to ask you, do you feel like I'm sexually open to you? Do you feel like I'm interested in you? Is there any lack here or any place, any way that I could grow in this area of serving you sexually? And that might sound crazy to a lot of people, but guarantee you, your husband will appreciate you caring enough about him to ask that question and then be ready to actually, you know, hear if he says, well, you know, yeah, this is, it's going well. Or if he says, sometimes I feel like you're not interest or, you know, at least you're opening the door to conversation. Yeah. I think in the past when we've talked about this, one of the most beneficial things people tell us as feedback is that the communication itself leads to growth in this area. Yeah. So yeah, whoever it is, husband, I think it's also very helpful for husbands to lead. I will just say it's weird as a wife to- To lead in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So- Husband. Yeah, husband as well <laughs> listening. It's it's good for a husband to say, Hey, let's talk about how the marriage bed is going. Yeah. Are you feeling well served? Are is there, you know, are is there any frustration? <laughs> how are things going? Is there anything you wish we were doing more of? Is there anything you wish we would do at all? Is there, you know, is there some way that I can serve you better or that we can, you know, serve one another? more fully is there you know is there uh even sometimes it's like changing things around in schedule or changing things around in chores or um changing the layout of the house or locking the bedroom door better or you know like because it sometimes it literally happens that there are things that are, are distracting a wife yeah that's true from that's true that's a good point being being sexually open because i mean one of the most important aspects and anybody who's been married and studied his wife for long enough knows that a woman's mind is the most important sexual organ right it's the most like men are very physical often visual and physical but for a woman it's often her mind that is the most critical area that has to come into focus on sex for it to be enjoyable and satisfying mutually where one of the things we've talked about before is that a husband is often focused on has to focus to be to outdo his wife and showing sexual honor he focuses on pleasing her and she often has to focus on being pleased and that's just the direction of sexual love in the world that god made the man pursues and he wins and he you know he wins a wife he he loves her he woos her but she a warm wife is a wife who's is winnable she's she can be wooed and she can come into focus and say oh yes i i do enjoy this man i am interested in him i will respond to his advances mm-hmm. and then i will focus on being pleased and and yeah. And being winnable. And uh, I think sometimes that gets lost. And so husbands can be frustrated because they're like, well, I'm doing all of the right things. I'm fo- I'm doing all the physical things. Yeah. 
and I think this is I don't I don't think purity it's purity culture's fault. I think maybe it's just like licentiousness in the culture has made it so that as teenagers when you feel that way you have to turn it off. Yeah. So that so then when you become married it kind of feels like oh, this is icky. I shouldn't be enjoying the fact that I know he likes me right now. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? There's like a barrier there. Yeah, so I think I think part of this is that's why purity is so important is because it doesn't mess with those uh, associations, I guess. Yeah. So I'm saying that because if you're a wife, like in that, that I've, I've talked to women, I've counseled women, but actually we do a lot of counseling surrounding this. Sure. And it is a big thing where women are like, I don't, I know that it was wrong before we're married. So I'm now associating it with that. And so I think this is where like praying about it and just being in scripture and realizing like it's, you're married. It's okay. It's actually a duty. Yeah, it's yeah. yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, like Proverbs, I pulled it up, 519. Yeah. A lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always in her love. So if that's you, if you feel like your past is hindering your current indulgences, godly indulgences. Enjoying, yeah. Yeah, just realize like you're called to let him find joy and pleasure in yeah. you. And you're called likewise to find joy and pleasure in him as well. Yeah. I, I so, often say like in sermons and make everybody uncomfortable, I'll say basically what the scriptures present as a picture is that the, the goal of a wife is to present a, a feast before her husband of yeah. sexual joy. Yeah. Visually in his experience and in all of it, he, she is to set a feast before him and say, basically, this is a table that is set just for you. Come and enjoy what is yours. I want you to enjoy what is yours. I'm eager for you to be pleased in me. And you can see how that might be difficult for a lot of women because they, they are, there's insecurity, there's yeah. embarrassment, there's shame. There's like, yeah, but that. I'm not, I don't feel that way. I don't feel yeah. like I'm a, this great feast. And it's like, trust me, it, it's, it's 80% also the attitude in the heart of the wife, not just, I'm not just yeah, talking yeah. about physical and visual things. No. I'm saying if you are a wife and your husband loves you and you love your husband, and you make it plain to him that you desire him sexually and that you desire to be a feast for him and that you want to present this table to him, then trust me, he will be eager to enjoy and he will be eager to, as the, the scripture commands in Proverbs 5, you know, that he is to delight himself in his, even his wife's physical body. And as we read in Song of Solomon, to be drunk with love. Like these, this is the language of scripture. I think it's also helpful to think that to to remember that the part of the scriptural solution to struggling with immoral sexuality is moral yeah marriage beds mm -hmm. so i think that can help women too deal with like feeling the guilt over past sin like the lord says the context for that to actually flourish in is the marriage bed That's so right. so you not letting that flourish in the marriage bed is actually a warping of the solution he wanted for you yeah, that makes sense. It's actually a sin yes. to withhold good from your husband in this area. Where yeah, let's just say it. In, in, it's a sin. It is a sin. Yeah. In, in, and it's a sin that is a respectable sin. <clears throat> but in 1 Corinthians, Paul makes it plain that your body doesn't belong to you. It belongs to your husband. And likewise, his body is not his own. It belongs to you. So what do you mean that it's a respectable sin? Because I think women can be doing this, withholding without realizing that mm -hmm. they're letting cultural, yeah. you know? So well, what, what do you mean? It's a respectable sin in that it's often not going to be like frowned upon, yeah. talked about that often. Think about the, the difficulty or just the kind of hesitance that, and I mean it in a good way, a good godly pastor 
is going to be very careful. Like I'm very careful in the pulpit about how I would talk about this, partly because a male pastor never wants to come across as if he's demanding, you know, like all of this sexual stuff, basically extorting from the pulpit and saying, I'm now going to like start commanding around all the women in the, you know, in the, there's kind of a hesitance there. And it's just, it's not, it's an area that you're not going to hear a lot of pointed exhortation, but because our culture is so insane on sexual things, and we have to put up such a strong defense against the wrong use of sex. We end up hearing about that all the time, but we hear much less corresponding message on, yes, Proverbs 5 says, flee this forbidden woman and flee to the woman whom God has given you and then go and drink deeply. Okay, so wording the question a different way. When you have talked about this on Twitter before, how have the feminists reacted and how might a Christian woman be believing some of the lies that the feminists are telling themselves about yeah. their rights in regards to sexuality? Yeah. A lot of the time, the message is basically like men are pigs. They have these huge sex drives and they need to be self-controlled. And, you know, he needs to stop demanding. And um, she is, it's you know, like he has to earn gross it. If your husband has a yeah. sex drive, gross. Like, is he doing the dishes though? Like, is he really doing yeah. enough chores? Is he taking, and it's like... <laughs> The, the attitude should, we should anathematize that. Our attitude should be, how can I please my wife? Not how can I do the bare minimum? You're not pimps and prostitutes no. in your marriage. <laughs> no, it's not a transactional thing. And the wife should be thinking, how can I, I should be eager to please my husband. And when we're talking about the sexually warm wife, we're talking about a wife whose attitude is, not only do I want to please my husband, but I want to be pleased by my husband and yeah. I know that that pleases him. The man who knows that he can satisfy his wife sexually is satisfied to know that he can bring joy to his wife and she ought to be satisfied to know that she has a worthy man who is godly and has won her heart affection and uh, that there's this garden of sexual delight that is just for them that nobody else enters into and it's completely private. And inside of those walls, it's free. There's nakedness without shame. There's freedom. So I think one of the barriers, like I said, a lot of it that has to be overcome is uh, in the in the in the thinking or in the mental life of getting text messages. <laughs> Ben's updating us about Bigfoot. <laughs> We're getting text messages right now from Deacon Ben Garrett about Bigfoot. Archdeacon. So yeah, Archdeacon Ben Garrett. Um. Yeah, I think too. I, I this is something I just really want to hit on because it's out there in the culture right now, a lot of when, when people talk about it, like owing one another sexual duties, mm -hmm. they always jump to like consent and rape. Oh, I that, know. That's, I see what that's what mean. I'm talking about is like, I think, I think women can start to be, they can be in a mode of self pity. They can be in a genuinely hard yeah. physical season, pregnancy. Yeah. Something like that where, um, they can easily maybe on a really good day where they're feeling really good about yeah. themselves and they've slept for like four months straight. Mm -hmm. They would never even entertain that thought of how dare he, <laughs> but yeah, it is out there in even the Christian communities that this, you know, you mean your husband rapes you? Yeah. This, That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> there's like, there's a, a, a real muddying of around this, like what is rape? What is not marital rape type of situation? And it, to me, this is not a difficult question. I mean, it's not a complicated question. No. Because a man should never force himself on his wife. Yes. Like physically force himself. And the, to me, that's like, duh. Well, that's yeah. like the equivalent of saying a man should never punch his wife in the face. It's like, <sighs> of, 
who's even asking that? And then on the other hand, uh, at the same time, we need to not never, ever, ever try to say that it's marital rape for a husband to express sexual interest in his wife and say, like, I'm I would really like to be with you when yeah. even when he knows it's a hard season, like pregnancy. Yeah. Or th- she it, should delight in that. That's like, not it's a rape. hard season. He's finding comfort in you. <laughs> he lo- he, he's into you. Like, <laughs> um, he, what, what if a man said, man, it's going to be a really hard season at work for the next three months or so. I don't think I'm yeah. going to talk to my wife. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> it's like, what? Of yeah. course, now, of course, there are times when a baby's just been born. It's a time for self-control and there's rest and there's a season of there. You're, there's not going to be um, the same kind of sexual activity, obviously. Duh. If your wife is violently ill, of course, a, a, a kind, uh, caring man is going to outdo his wife and showing honor and serve his wife, you know. I think it's okay, though, for women to hear that sometimes you need to love your husband by having sex when you don't feel like it. Yeah. And that's absolutely. not sin on his part to expect that. No. And you shouldn't be flabbergasted to hear that scripture expects that of you. No. And if you are married and you're regularly withholding sex from your spouse, whether you're a husband or a wife, or you're that using is a it sin. As a currency. If you're using it as a currency, that is a sin. This episode of Bright Hearth is sponsored by Garlands of Grace, which is a wonderful Christian company that offers a variety of very versatile head coverings, head wraps, and headbands for sale for women and girls. They're very versatile. Uh, you know, whether you're head covering for uh, 1 Corinthians 11 reasons or just looking for a pretty and feminine head covering, they've got you covered. Babe, why do we like Garlands of Grace? I really liked Garlands of Grace because when I was first trying to um, recover this call to head cover, I didn't necessarily want something that was super trendy and that everyone else was doing. Um, and I found their pieces really feminine and timeless in a way that uh, just a lot of other coverings that you could pick up at Target or on Amazon just weren't. And they are very quality. And if you are a mom trying to cover in a pew with wiggly children, you know how hard it is to actually keep a head covering on. Yes. And I really like their volumizer brand, uh, bands that are velvet and they stick to your head and I have had no issues with them. So yeah, I really like them. And they're a sister-owned company. Yeah, Christian-owned, sister-owned, and they're all made in the USA. So a great company to support. We would uh, commend you, husbands, if you're listening. Go check this out as a thoughtful gift for your wife, for your daughters. They have head wraps for uh, ladies as well as little girls. And they've got a whole lot of different styles, a lot of different beautiful colors, and a really great quality company. So we're glad to have them as a sponsor for this episode of Bright Hearth. And uh, you can support us by supporting them. So head over to garlandsofgrace.com. You can use the link in the description of this episode, and we hope that you'll give them your support. I actually wanted to talk about this. So particularly hard times and seasons, pregnancy, young kids, hard work, travel, what are some ways that a wife can make sure that she's intentionally cultivating a sexual warmth towards her husband in those seasons? How can she be thinking? How can she like prepare to get ahead of the temptation to be sexually cold towards him? What do you think about that? I think people would be surprised. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't even know how to just generalities. Well, I guess it would depend on what your temptation is specifically. Yeah, I think that's true. Okay, so if you're tired, 
I think it's a normal thing in a, in a season to be asking yourself when you wake up in the morning, how can I set myself up to be in a good mood come the evening time? Yeah. Now, if, if you are the type of person that needs like a massage and a pedicure every day to make sure that happens, you're ridiculous. You're like, way too high maintenance. If every time your husband is going to like, <laughs> yeah, you, there has to be like no, a 45 minute process. That's not what I mean at all. Yeah. I just mean, and so far as you can, like the things that are within your control, how can you be <laughs> a joyful wife at the end of the evening? Yeah. Because believe me, if it means peanut butter and jelly sandwich and your husband gets some, <laughs> he would eat the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He'd be very pleased <laughs> with the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So I think, um, I think that's one way is just like, because it should be a priority in your life, it needs to reflect in your mental mm-hmm. and on your calendar. Like yeah. we have counseled people before who are not having sex regularly. You need to put it on the calendar then. It's, yeah, it can be astonishing how, how often actually you're, you're, you know, someone is asking about fertility advice. Oh, and you yes. simply ask, yes, well, that's true. how often are you being intimate? And it's, you know, twice a month. Yeah. And that's not going to, you know, obviously that's not going to, it's going to be difficult to conceive children or yes. more difficult. But even so, like that is a, that's a temperature. You're just taking the temperature yeah. on the marriage bed. And and I'm not, there are going to be seasons as you're yeah, aging yeah. And, and I understand all that. But normal, like in childbearing years, that's probably far too infrequent. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's good advice. You're you're saying set yourself up through the day. Think about it ahead of time. Think like you know, make sure a couple times a week at least you're thinking. Yeah. About your husband. Okay. Have I um, given him the invitation? Like, have mm-hmm. I made sure that he knows that like my my door is open to him? And I'm, I think too. I think this is a habit. I think at first it can be hard, but it. I do think this becomes second nature. Like just start flirting with him or thinking about him. Even if, even if you're like, I have no clue how I'm going to be awake past 6 PM, let alone 8 PM. Like, but start that. I don't know what you'd call that. Like process the (laughs) the mental and emotional. So, okay. So that, yeah, that's the case is that it, it, it doesn't start when the kids are down to bed. It has to start before that. Mm -hmm. So, it can be hard to start that process at first. And I think this is different from for every single woman, but it's it's okay to daydream about your husband. Did you know that? You should be trying to. <laughs> yeah. So um Culti- it's something that has to be cultivated but, sometimes. But I think that I've noticed that that helps in the long run make this a sustainable thing. If that's one yeah. of your it's just a normal thing that you enjoy your husband. And so you're thinking about him during the day and you text him and something funny comes to mind. And so you tell him about like, yeah, it's an ongoing relationship that is 24 seven. It doesn't just start and stop when the bedroom door closes. Absolutely. Because that can start to feel really artificial. I think. Yeah. Because it's, it's like kicks. It's just this really quick, like it's starting a cold engine. This yeah, is yeah. man. I'm using man metaphors, but no, like, no, you know, a really cold engine, like a lawnmower that hasn't been started all summer. You go to start it again. It's like, you got to put some starter in there. It's going to be hard. But if it's like, if, if, if you as a wife are warming yourself up, yeah. you're preparing yourself mentally, emotionally, like, and you can give yourself homework. I could like right now, yeah. some homework might be something like ladies, set yourself a little reminder on your phone yeah, yeah. that says flirty text. Send your husband a flirty text at work. Trust me, by the end of the night, it will yeah. bear fruit. Yes. Like, yes. Are you, have you ever done that? Do you, are you telling him like, Hey, tonight we should, are you sending him a man? I 
can't wait to see you later. Winky <laughs> face, kissy emoji. I can't, I'm, I just know one of the guys is going to cut out me saying kissy emoji and use it on the soundboard for King's Hall. But <sighs> I think too, <laughs> I think that's homework that works. It's okay in hard seasons for there to be a give and take in the sense of the schedule, I guess. Yeah. And I think we did talk about this before. Like if you're the husband that has to watch two to three hours of television at night, every single night, yeah. and then expect your wife to stay up and hang out with you Intimately. every single night. <laughs> it's not going to work. No, it's not. And so that's... You're, you're being unreasonable. I think that's part of the honoring of one another is like, that's an example I could think of where it honors a wife. Um, and I've talked to many moms about this where they're like, yeah, newborn, we had to talk about like, if this is going to happen, it's going to happen early in the evening because I can't, I can't stay up. It's just, it's yeah. not physically possible. But then you can think of the opposite with the husband traveling. There has to be some things that he's like, hey, we need to make this work. Yeah. In a different way where the wife has to be willing to give in that in that sense. Yeah. Um yeah, I I'm trying to think of I I've heard of some couples that travel a lot where a husband will say like just so you know I'm going to be extra busy this week, which probably means extra sex that week. <laughs> so, <laughs> which can be hard because it's like if dad's extra busy, mom's extra busy cuz dad's mm-hmm. not there. Yeah. So, it can be hard. But that's where I think honoring of one another in those seasons is important. Yeah, where you're saying basically, okay, I'm going to make sure that this is a priority and that it shows Yeah, in the way that I'm scheduling my life. And so much of it really does come down to that mental, emotional, um, cultivating a heart of warmth towards your husband where you're genuinely interested in him. Mm-hmm. And you're genuinely sexually, uh, not just sexually available to him like, well, I turned the open sign, you know, he knows <laughs> like there's a 30 minute window here, but where it's like you're eager to when we're talking about the sexually warm wife, we're actually talking about a wife who is her husband knows she desires him. She she is interested in him. She likes being with him. I'm trying to talk about this generally. <laughs> Sometimes it can be hard to talk about it generally, but I think everybody knows what we're talking about. And then in a previous episode, I know we talked about this, but when I'm thinking about from the perspective of a husband, what does a sexually warm wife look like to him? It's like when he gives an invitation, when he sends a flirtatious salvo downrange, when he goes and he gives her the, you know, the flirty comment or he, you know, pats her bottom when she's cooking dinner or something like that. He's not met with a, a, a sarcastic quip. Or uh, like you wish, honey, or or like a, I have so much to do. What do people even say? I know, Ugh. but there's like Ugh. a, oh, yeah, I am interested in you, and that's when I say responsive. That's why that's such an important word for wife to understand. It's that your husband often is going to advance. He's going to make advances to you, and responsiveness means I'm going to be ready to respond to his advances with mm-hmm. with a yes. Whatever that yes looks like, nonverbal, verbal, whatever's appropriate for the situation, you want to be saying yes to him often. And on the other hand, a wife who's cold to him, she's not responding at all. She's ignoring or she's kind of keeping her head down like, wow, I hope he's, I know what he's trying to get. (laughs) I'm going to keep ignoring him though. Or she makes a sarcastic comment or she makes the, you know, the quip or she, you know, like there's, it's, it's the opposite of a, of a welcome sign. It's a, 
it's that sound personified, <laughs> you know? So okay. Lexi, yes. let me ask you this. What are some things that a husband can do to encourage his wife in sexual warmth? And along with that, maybe some barriers that like, I know that we, you know, husbands, we can sometimes make it harder. What are some of the ways that a husband can encourage his wife and help her in this? I just really think him initiating conversations, and I, th- I think this is what we did talk about in the previous episode, but it requires the wife being honest about her thought life as well. Mm-hmm. But he needs to be equipped to help her walk through the mental roadblocks that she has, mm-hmm. um, be it like distrusting him or like bitterness towards him that can turn into the sexual currency thing. Yeah. Or like um, past guilt or Mm -hmm. self-image or she has the wrong priorities and so there's no time for him. He has to talk to her about that regularly. He has to lead her. Yeah, he has to lead her. And I think think most wives can be honest about this. But that's been the most helpful thing for me is like knowing that you're a trustworthy person that can actually disciple me through those things. And that I can talk to and not feel like, well, he's going to tell me what I want to hear because he wants to get some. Like, she, yeah. Like, genuinely, your character matters here because <laughs> that's what's going to be attractive when she's dealing with a lot of these things mentally. His interest should be just as genuine in her. Correct. As her interest ought to be in him. Correct. So, in the past, when we've worked through different things, there's only been like one or two times that. I think we've had to work through stuff, but I I did not ever feel like you were just checking a box. So because people can tell, and I'm not a husband, so I don't know how to tell a husband to do that. But I just he needs to be cognizant of this is could be what's going through her mind. This could be a temptation. I want her to be genuine. So maybe maybe what that looks like is you don't have those conversations on the night you want to have sex. Yeah, yeah. So or. Maybe you're on a walk on Saturday morning when you're having that conversation, you know? Yeah. And I think it's worth noting that a husband should be leading in these conversations. And if there's a problem, he needs to privately, calmly, and kindly say something like, honey, I feel like you're not interested in me. I feel like I'm always having to try and get you to be sexually interested in me. And I love you. I'm for you. I'm, I desire you. Is there something going on that I can help with? Like, how, how can we overcome that? He needs to take the lead off. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. Yeah. I think there are some obvious answers to this question. Yeah, what else are you thinking? Barriers to sexual warmth that a husband might put in place. Obviously, like sexual sin, that's poisonous. Pornography is yeah, obviously um, a huge barrier where you're making it. Basically, if you're if you're going... Like, yeah, I've looked at porn a lot. I'm always having to say, like, hey, I, 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 I struggle with this. Why doesn't she want to get naked in front of me? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, well. Because that's a huge barrier. Yeah. You're basically, you have this covenant eroding, dissolving sin that you're introducing. And so you're basically salting your garden. We have a high view of modesty at our church. And I think that helps with this as well. Yeah. Because in some ways it heightens the sexual relationship. Yeah. Because it's normal for that to not be a thing at church. A high view of modesty and beauty. And beauty, yeah, yeah. Where the expectation is not that men look at porn at our church. Yeah. Because literally, culturally, it's so normative now 
where such high percentages of both men and women yep. use pornography that <clears throat> honestly a lot it's sad but a lot of churches the default assumption is just like ah, i know you're all looking to porn at least occasionally yeah. at our church women walking in scantily clad on a sunday morning is, yeah. walking up to the communion table like that's not a thing yeah there's gonna be <laughs> it's not a thing at our church the expectation is that we're sinners and that there is grace and that there's available counsel and that if if this is you we don't want to create an environment where sin can't be confessed because everybody's perfect but the expectation is church membership is held in high regard marriage is held in high regard the marriage bed is held in high regard men ought not consider it normative nor should women because mm-hmm. i know it goes both ways women look at porn too mm-hmm. that it it is not a normative thing what that does is it over time it does create a culture where what's it's it's funny but it actually creates a culture where sex is a much um more joyful mm-hmm. honorable like where in our church we can re- I'm in a sermon i can talk about sex apply the whatever passage we're talking to to the marriage bed and it's totally normal and people are used to being exhorted towards serving one another and in you know righteously guarding the marriage bed holding it in high honor without a porn culture yeah it's not pornified there's no mm-hmm. we're not making crude jokes about it there's no, like it's it's held in high esteem we expect that our people are going to pursue modesty beauty joy together in their marriages fr- fruitfulness have children where there's not this artificial disconnect between sex and children which is a way of cheapening it and and that just creates i think a different kind of soil culturally yeah in how we think that most of us have never experienced a day in our life (laughs) yeah yeah unfortunately the average person hasn't at least what would you tell to a wife who says like ah it's not my personality i have resting mean girl face and i'm just not that interested in sex christ called your personality to die at the cross You need to die. <laughs> it is funny. Sometimes people think that like if they ask to meet really with, not yeah. a pastor, but like <laughs> one of the pastor's wives or something, that they're going to like get an easier <laughs> like Cracks counsel. me up. I'm like, no, actually, I'm going to be harder on you because what? I get the seat you're sitting in. <laughs> yeah. We're always like, sure. You're, we'd lo- get get godly counsel from women in the church. Absolutely. Titus too. Get godly older women should teach you how to be a worker at home and love your husband and children. Absolutely. But just know like it's not going to, you're going to get very blunt advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More blunt in some ways because yeah. you can't be as blunt with a woman as I can be. Yeah, of course. Not. We're going to. Um, yeah. That's what I would just say is like scripture didn't take your personality test into consideration Yeah, when it wrote that <laughs> truth and command yeah. for your good as a person who has grumpy attitude yeah, and for your husband's good as well. So you need to consider that like it's true not based on who you are, but based on who God is and what his word is. Yeah, we're talking about cultivating righteousness and sexual duties in marriage mm-hmm. are real and God-given. And I think some of that can be our culture does like attach virtue to a cynical woman. And so maybe yeah. part of it could just be that you don't have enough good examples of a friendly, welcoming, open women. Yeah. And maybe you just need to find some and study them a little bit more, mm-hmm. either, you know through Christian culture and books or like um, just spend time. If there's like a couple that you've noticed, they really seem to like each other and they're not afraid to show mm-hmm. it in public. Just spend time observing them and how she yeah. interacts with her husband and literally just copy what she does. Yeah. And a lot of this too is like it all, it all bleeds together. If you're disrespectful towards your husband in public or private, that's a killer to sexual warmth. Well, and t- also like not keeping short accounts. Yeah. Um, because if you are disrespectful, like think about it. If you've made a disrespectful comment at dinner 
and you have no habit of being quick to confess and repent, yeah. you've, you're just like building up that guilt through all of dinner. Mm-hmm. So again, think of nakedness as lack of shame. Well, now you've heaped a whole bunch of shame on yourself yeah. because you're not willing to confess. Again, why would you get naked with him? You know you've been naughty. Yes. He knows you've been naughty. And you're so, both being... <laughs> So that's where the I sin think, is separating. again, this is where it's not about what happens the second the door is closed and the kids are in bed. It's about, are you regularly keeping short accounts in your marriage? Because that, that makes it so much easier to deal yeah, with these yeah. things. And so, yeah, I, I think that's a huge point, actually. Like, very underestimated element of this is that what we're talking about grows up in a culture where there's sins dealt with quickly, there's gospel applied quickly forgiveness because think about it when one of you sins against the other and the sinning party says hey i sinned yeah because i think there's an immediate warmth from the other person and an eagerness to be like there's a thank they're thankful that you've Mm -hmm. confessed and they're eager to welcome you back like when when you practice this there's an eagerness to get back in fellowship because we can have two different patterns that we learned in the households we grew up in neither of which result in actual like confession and repentance of sin one could be you grew up in an explosive household. Yeah. And so there is never like genuine repentance. You're actually scared to confess sin because someone might blow up at you. Or there's the opposite that's like so non-confrontational that, oh, we just cover over everything with grace, but you're not actually, there's never any actual confession because. That's like saying we never throw out any leftovers. They just all stay in the fridge forever. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, you're just kind of brushing over all of it instead of dealing with the specifics. Because if a husband's like, oh, yeah, no, I just, I I forgive you for that. It's like, no, you need to be forgiven for the actual sin. Yeah, we never take out the garbage would have been a better metaphor than what I use. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, so because of that, it's like, it can be hard to righteously pursue the positive of, um, quick confession and repentance. Yeah. So. So summing it up here, because we're getting to the end of the episode, I would say when we're talking about sexually a sexually warm wife, particularly, we're talking about a wife who is diligent to cultivate a responsiveness to her husband, a kindness to her husband, seeking to outdo him in showing honor, and seeking to do that particularly by, by, by verbally, non-verbally, in, in every way that she can reasonably communicate to him that she wants to set a table for him to be satisfied and enjoy her love, her body, her love, her, her love for him that she wants to be pleased by him and that she's eager to be pleased by him. Um, and that she's just like, we've talked about practically, this might be sending the flirtatious text message, making sure that you're talking warmly to him, preparing yourself ahead of time, um, being warm and inviting, making sure that he has the free invitation to see the things he wants to see, to hear the things he wants to hear, to experience the things he wants to experience with you, and to be pl- to to be pleased by him. And when you do that, when you do that, whether you feel right now like a ten supermodel, or you feel like, wow, we have three kids, and the last one was born six months ago, and I'm still trying to like recover from that, and the sleep is hard, and he will find you beautiful and alluring because you are his wife and you're respecting and loving him. And that will absolutely serve to make your, your home joyful and warm and for your marriage relationship to deepen and to grow like good wine. 
And so we uh, appreciate you guys listening in. On this episode of Bright Hearth, we do hope that it has been helpful to you and that it spurs conversations. Make sure that you have the conversations you need to have um, and take the time to do that. Don't just hear and then kind of like, oh, yeah, that's good. There was a few things in there. And then go and forget about them. Take a note. Make sure you follow up and that you um, pursue these things with eagerness. Um, We do, as always, want to invite you to join us on our Patreon channel. Our patrons help make this show possible, literally pay for it, help us have the time to do it, the equipment, the people that help us as well, prepare these episodes and uh, get them out to everybody. And also, if you sign up as a patron, there's lots of um, bonus features that you'll get access to that nobody else has. Uh, We do an extra show called In the Kitchen that is short little audio snippets where we're talking very practically or in a granular way about a lot of these issues. Lexi and I try to share all kinds of helpful resources from annotated bibliographies to reading lists and beyond there on Patreon. And uh, also, we have a lot of other great patrons that share great stuff and comments on our forum there. So jump in. There's a link in the description. And we're also thankful to Garlands of Grace for sponsoring this show. And we'd encourage you, as you heard earlier, um, to check out their website and uh, husbands pick up a beautiful head covering for your daughter, your wife, and ladies check out what they've got going. They've got great high quality USA made products that go to support a Christian family. So we are eager to support them and see them succeed as well. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Bright Heart.